It's valuable and it cannot be held by physical hands. It's probably worth holding on to. This is Immaterial Treasures. I'm your host, Dan Fee Parker. Thank you for tuning in. Welcome to Immaterial Treasures. It's Dan Fee here again. And uh, today we're picking up on the last episode um, to which I had my guests Peterson, Ryan, and Jeff Kelly. Uh, we're going to pick up on the topic that we were talking about. Um, I think when we ended that last episode, we were going the direction of talking about uh, power and victim dynamics. And the, la- the actually, the last illustration we ended on was if someone's been hurt by the church, traumatized, um, I use the illustration, it's better to be healed in the house in reference to the church than outside of the church, um, outside of the house. Um, and the question was asked, what if like that house is where you got traumatized? And I also suggested maybe you go to another house. But then as we've thought through and talked about outside of the podcast, what if you've tried a lot of houses and you just even entering the house is traumatic enough? Uh, what do you do then? So we're going to pick up on that. And uh, I don't know, Peter, you were talking about that aspect of just not being so traumatized that you can't even be in the house going further with the illustration. Yeah. I mean, I'm not sure if I have more to say on that, but I think it totally makes sense that someone might need to, you know, it might be years of recovery from, you know, being in a space where they were, where they were once hurt. Um, So I'm currently living my best life, not, (laughs) not in a particular spot or a particular local church. Um, I think I'm actually developing a theology that says I shouldn't be so dependent on the local church. Um, I think I have a number of Christians in my life that I can rely on, but you know, and just in general, I just think it may just take some time. Like I admit I had an experience probably three or four years ago that I'm still recovering from. And, and all, all the while I've, I've been to other places, those places sometimes, you know, re-traumatize. And so I'm, I'm of the opinion that, you know, it may take some time, and who knows when that's going to end. Um, I'm not. I'm not like trying to put a. I don't think we should put like a time limit, or if that makes sense. Right. Uh, I'm kind of interested. You said so. You're you're developing a theology um, that's not like, you know. Of course, there's, there's no kind of dependence upon the local church kind of thing. So I just kind of want to know, like, if you could walk us through that, like. How, you know, some of those. Sure. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, most of the places that I've been in have been exclusionary, not in a sense like, okay, we're separating ourselves from, um, we're distinguishing ourselves from, you know, people who are not of the same faith. But, all, but exclusionary on top of that, that says like, um, to be a good Christian, you need to be committed to this one particular local church. And the basis of all of your relationships need to be in this one particular place. Mm-hmm. Um and I just don't think that that's, I think there's a number of reasons why leaders may put forward that, um, that vision. I think it kind of, I think there are some reasons that are nefarious that they might do that. Um, and I think, but I think the end result is that, you know, um, I could be, it limits my, my, when, when I'm part of a local church, that's very exclusionary that uh, makes it seem like it's not even worthwhile to pursue relationships with the people in other churches. Mm-hmm. You can kind of, um, I think there's, I think there are negative effects to that, you know. Um, so, yeah, I think, I think I 
all all throughout the, my there's no it's no perfect church. Church is a collection of individuals. I've been to a number of churches where there have been people at the church that I would consider dear friends, and I don't know why my participation in one particular church should exclude like deep fellowship with a, a person at another church. So that's basic. That's the basis of what I'm. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Where I'm coming from. So. So essentially, there's like there's more beyond the local church, like more deeper connections, and so you wouldn't you wouldn't say that you've completely cut yourself off from like Christians, but yeah. just from the establishment, like the institution of like the building, the local church, and your participation within that. Yeah, I would definitely say that that it's like I have a problem with a lot of the leadership at these places, but I don't have a problem with a number of the Christians or members of the churches. So I think while I, if it's possible, I should I should build more and have friendships and relationships with people that are part of churches, but I'm not, I don't think I can particularly condone or like, uh, it's another word for endorse. I don't think I can endorse any one church leadership group or whatever, if that makes sense. Right. And I think in the first episode you made, you alluded to the fact that you do not believe in male leadership in the church anymore. I think that was in like side conversations, but yes, I, I think I've, I think there is a, yeah, I think there is, that has been this uh, common denominator in most of the places that I've been in, where it's like, yeah, it's just... They, uh, they exclude female leadership? Yeah, I think the exclusion of female leadership just points to... An, uh, just It just points to the larger sort of ways in which churches adopt the sort of patriarchal society that we're par- a part of to exclude women in their, in their... And I think a lot of people can... There's a lot that can be said about that, um, but I think... I just can't endorse a church model that says some random dude and his random vision is what I should hitch my wagon to. Like, I'm just not part of that. I don't think that makes much sense to me anymore. Um, I think, yeah, yeah, I think that's. And it's irregardless of race when Um, it comes to that. Yeah, particularly in this, I think if we're in another context, if I wasn't in any American context, but I think, I think the biggest need that I've seen in most of the men that I've counted, uh, American Christian men that I've encountered is a deep need for um, emotional maturity. Um, and there's that's just not even a qualification for a lot of <laughs> churches. It's just like, if you meet these biblical qualifications, you're set to be a pastor, but these people are like emotionally immature. The vast majority of pastors that I've encountered have been emotionally immature. Um, and I don't think that's, I think, so... I feel like I'm getting into like my no <laughs> no, no it's good we're so yeah um, that's kind of where I'm at what do you guys oh, think it's good. It's um, okay by okay so I just I guess so I guess we want some concrete like you know ideas of what does it mean for uh, like a pastor to be emotionally like immature and 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 what 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 are some of the things that maybe some of these male leaders could exhibit that would make you feel safer or even commend them as leaders. Um, and with that, why would a woman do it better? Yeah, I just think that in our current culture, um, and I think I'm speaking as a member of this, you know, as a, as I've only grown up in American culture, so and so this will be just like anecdotes. It's not like hard data or whatever that I'm referencing, but in my experience, the way that men are socialized in this country, and it might be different elsewhere, but we've been socialized in a lot of ways to not recognize our emotional selves. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't think about all, I, all of the sort of conversations that I've had with other 
Christian from with most Christian males, there's like there's a surface level to the conversation where like getting to depths about how you feel, yada 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 are not like um it's not really um it's not like really thought through or, you know, considered. Um and I think that that is and I'm not trying to be somewhat problematic. I, I think it can be problematic. And I'm not trying to I'm not trying to be I'm not trying to assume that every man is this particular way mm-hmm. and every woman is to the contrary because that's not the case but in my experience the way that I think about socialization is that most of the women in my life have been more um have have uh have done a lot of work within their own selves um in order to exist out in the world like they've considered way more, like and I and I feel like I'm using a lot of general generalities, and I'm not sure if that's the most helpful thing. But this has been my experience that it's. Um, there's, do you think there's a certain level of uh, empathy that women naturally have that a- actually enables them to be better um, in a leadership role, and and or perhaps even like that emotional connectivity? Is that what you mean, like kind of? I, I kind of yeah, I think that that is kind of where I'm coming from. I, but I don't want to be so. I don't want to say that you know empathy is what's necessary for for leadership. I'm like I'm not saying that women are necessarily the best leaders. I'm just saying that it seems to me that um, a lot of the issues that people have are like they need to be seen as human human beings that have that are you know they they need to be seen as human beings in living in a world that's doing them harm on a consistent basis, and they need to be empathized with you know, yeah. mm-hmm. and and if you have male leaders that are not that cannot empathize with suffering um that in my view is just a harm and Mm. it's just been my experience like i've seen a lot of male pastors that are just that just are not able to see or feel or empathize with another person's experience and Mm. that to me it's just i don't see how that can be good in the long run and i'm not saying that women are naturally more predisposed to you know because I don't, I don't know every woman. I've only had limited experience with women, but I'm just saying, I'm not. I don't think men are doing a very good job at it. Mm. So, um, yeah, that's. I hope I'm not being too. No, that's, really no, that's that's helpful. It's yes. helpful. Um, yeah, I can I can understand that, and um, uh, I, I think within, I think it, regardless of gender, it, the position of leadership uh, just reveals weakness in people, right? Mm-hmm. So regardless of whether it's a, a male or female doing it, um, you're going to see exposed weaknesses within the person, what mm-hmm. they're negligent of, what they're blinded to, uh, what they're failing to do. Um, do you think it's, and I, I think you know that you would know that about leadership that it just exposes the weakness of the person that assumes that position. Um, do you think it's more about the humility, maybe a lack of humility and not maybe all those, um, other aspects that maybe you think they lack or um, or do you think it's hard line like, yeah, these people, like some of the male leaderships that you've experienced or you've been under just lack basic empathy and, and, and seeing people where they're at? Um, I mean, I, I, I don't know if I can, uh, if, I, if I were to try to put words to it, I, I would say, okay, my own personal journey, I feel like, you know, when I was, you know, a you know, when I was first, uh, when I, the first couple of years as a believer, I was very dog- dogmatic about various, various things. And I had like, I had this sort of like very assertive, and very confident 
view on what the Bible said. And I was like very dogmatic about certain things. As I've grown older, I feel like that was a very immature way of thinking about things. Um, and I feel like, um, from my own personal experience, I spent like 10, 15 years listening to what random guys have to say about <laughs> what the Bible says and how that relates in political and, you know, in our, in the world that we live in. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just think personally, I'm, I think I'm tired of what some random guy has to say about it. And I personally, for my own self, I am in a place where I don't really want to hear what the guys have to say about things. I think there's a wealth of knowledge and information that is available to me if I would just listen and hear from, you know, the other, under, other sex of the gender, under gen, other gender. I don't, I think there's so much that I've, it, I'm recently, I'm, I'm five years married. Um, I've learned a lot from my wife. Mm-hmm. Um, and she just made it clear how many things, how much I did. I, this dad experience has made it so clear how much I don't know about the world. And I just am finding myself like, there are lots of other women out here who have a different experience than me of like living and existing in the world mm-hmm. um, that I just feel like I need to learn from. And I'm just, it just seems to me to be like, okay, I'm going to go to a church and then submit myself to like the lesson that a, just another random guy has. I just, I've done that for 10 years now. Mm-hmm. I just think I'm ready. Personally, I'm ready for a change. And I don't think for me right now that I, there's not, I don't think there's much that a, a one guy has to offer. You know, I think there's, so yeah, I, I'm not saying, I'm not being definitive about whether or not males can be in leadership or I think it's a good idea. I'm just saying that at, at this time in my life, I find that the place where there might be the most wisdom is not with some random guy in mm-hmm. the pulpit. And I don't know if that, if that makes is that, is that clear what I'm saying. No, that's so, clear. Anybody has any that's no, that's clear. That's very clear. And I think, um, I think it goes along the lines of what you said in the earlier podcast about um, the power and victim dynamics, right? Um, so one of the things you were saying when you were just talking about, um, you said being married, uh, you learn a lot from your wife, and that just even added to the reality of how much you don't know, right? Just by simply being in union with her and seeing the world from her eyes, right? Um, so then I think you talked about in the podcast before that there's these power structures, um, and the power, uh, these power structures, they, they have these victims that are holds are held sway underneath them. Um, and I wanted to, I wanted you to kind of like uncover that a bit, like what are, how do these things come into play? Like these power and victim dynamics and, um, are they so hard hard fixed, you know, hard line where it's just like people just occupy these spaces and people don't like, they can't cross like can a woman. So for example, um, let's say women have been overlooked quite a bit. I mean, maybe 20, 10, 30 years ago, uh, I'd say 50 years ago, most of us here would probably, I, I hope you would be more progressive, but we probably would have been of the consensus that women shouldn't vote. Right. Like we would have been thinking that way. Uh, and that's a clear, like, you know, like they were the victims then. Um, and we would have been probably, regardless of whether our race or our status, we would have been like men were favored to 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 vote. I mean, you get into the nitty gritty, maybe if you're a black man, you're probably despised or probably held away from that voting right through other means. Mm-hmm. Um, so then the, the, the a black man and a 
and a black and a white or a black woman would have they would be victims of the voting privilege. There would be one group. But if you look at it in a different end, a different perspective, a black man, uh, just by nature of being male, would have power over a black or white woman because of gender inequalities. Mm. Do you see what I'm saying? So I guess when you talked about earlier about churches um, not opening or, or, or shedding light on these power structures that um, we should be exposing and talking about and pretty much liberating the victims of these and, and that we even perpetuate in the church, what did, what, what did you mean? Are there, is there like examples to which you can point to that reveals that? I don't know if that makes sense. I think I, I think I, I think I get what you're. <laughs> I think I get what you're coming from. It's hard for me to think of like oh, just at the moment just to think of, um, in, in like very clear examples. But um, yeah, I mean, I think that um, I have unfortunately, you know, been in spaces, which, um, and maybe this is just. I mean, I'm, I'm sure that somebody might have a totally different church experiences. For me, where you know they had women pastors for you know for some time, um, but I've been in I've been in um, places where um, there was just a theology of like only men can preach and teach, um, and um, I, I don't know what it is about those spaces, but they also have um, like a significant blind spot to you know sort of the power dynamics that exist in the society that we are in um i, I can't I'm, I'm i'm trying to think if there's like some sort of connection between that but um it's it's there like the, it's yeah i think um you could you could you could you could make the case that like if you are going to in your theology sort of cut yourself off from like <laughs> Have the people in the room, like from their perspective and their wisdom, and what they have to offer. That that kind of also makes you limited in how to think about um, other inequities and other systems of oppression. Like, mm. um, but yeah, I don't have a very clear and sort of nuanced argument. Good question. So, just to understand, like, kind of where everybody's at. Do you guys share the same sentiments in regards to? Uh, uh, Male female leadership in the church, like I would say, like Jeff, where where would you be at with that? No, I don't share the same sentiments. Um, yeah, I think at least for me, I see that uh, the scriptures point to uh, male um, pastors in the church. So that's my stance on it. Um, I'm still open to looking into it, learning more, but that's, that's where I'm at. That's where I'm at right now. I, I, I think some of that Petey said that was interesting is that those kind of culture or church cultures that, you know, kind of facilitate only male leaders are often cut off from inequities outside of the church or even within the church. Mm. Um, they're kind of blindsided. Um, I don't know if it's a mix of like bravado and just power, like control. I don't know what it is. Um, I can, I can, I can almost, I can sympathize with that. I think I can see that. Um, yeah, I, can see that. I can see that. And and I agree with you on that. Um, I'm of the opinion like Jeff, that uh, I still believe that because from what, how I, I see the scriptures 
and and uh, and how I believe the scriptures kind of pretty much communicate leadership. It's been done so um, through, um, I mean, through the avenue of male leadership. Um, now, one of the things that I think it's important to know is that when you're looking at the scriptures, you can't just, um, you got to look at why God does certain things, you know, um, and it's not questioning him like he's an idiot, but like seeing what is he trying to reveal. And if you read the Old Testament, the judges, the period of the judges and all that stuff, you could see, and even after the kings, when Israel and Judah was split, it's so frustrating to read Kings and Chronicles because all you hear is another failed king, male leader, over and over and over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. And it's like, if you look, if you think about it, it's like, Lord or God, uh, why didn't you appoint a woman? I mean, you have the obscure moments of like Deborah as a judge, right? Um, and they're so obscure because I think those moments are, to, are just, it just got, it just shown how bad it was that a woman had to step up to, to, and and that's not that's not because like she's in, inferior or she doesn't have qualities to lead, but it's just like the men were just so mm-hmm. far gone that a woman had to step up. And even there's another judge, I forget her name, but uh, in Judges, and she tells one of the prophets, she said, I, "I'm going to go with you in this battle, but it will it will be told in generations to come that a woman executed this victory." And it was almost like she said it as like almost like as an insult. That you you didn't want to take this, I did it, right? And this would be remembered as such. Um, I forget her specific name, um, but I think there's something within male leadership um, that can be that can go awfully wrong, and that can be done beautifully well, right? I think. Um, do, do y'all have examples of it going? Yeah, well? Jesus. Beyond Jesus, in your own experiences. At local churches. And I didn't mean to say that, like, okay, Jesus is the only one. But, like, I think the, the reason why I bring up Jesus is because God did not, when God sent a Savior, like this, his son, he wasn't ambiguous. He wasn't, he wasn't, um, his gender wasn't fluid. He was quite male. Mm-hmm. And clearly so. Like, so if God wanted to kind of appease or even meet everybody's desire of what leadership should look like, maybe he should have made the person ambiguous as far as their gender. So then we don't we don't you know have these issues or uh, I feel like this is a bit this is a bit of an abstract sort of I'm not, I'm not it sure. is I'm getting into abstracts but after Jesus you see Paul you see the disciples right and then you see you see I mean Priscilla and Aquila there was a female involved in that uh, in 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 like in her teaching gift and all that stuff but I think for me I should be where you're at because I have seen a lot of bad male leadership. Um, and in fact, I think for for me, my perspective is that I don't trust that. Um, sometimes it's hard for me to trust male leadership, um, just because I don't know if they care about me, right? I I don't know if they see me, kind of like what you said. Um, but I've never questioned whether a male should be in charge, as far as the the household of God. I don't think we should extrapolate that into everything in the world. Some Christians might think that. I I don't personally think that. Right, I think a woman could could lead us could be a CEO of a, of a company. Like we can get into the nitty gritties, but we're not we're not going there at this very moment. <laughs> but I've had male leaders be kind of brutal to me in vulnerable moments, which should, should close me off to ever opening up again to a pastor. I've had those moments, and I can I can like recount those, and they were terrible because they lacked 
emotional maturity or even like the ability to, okay, I'm not going to fix you at this moment or I'm not going to tell you what theology you need to know or I'm not going to reprimand you with theology with your sin, but more so I want to see you as you are. Where are you? Do you know what I mean? And be there for you. Um, I felt more hurt through some of those experiences than, than benefit. However, I have seen some good male leadership, right? Um, and I can even point to my own dad. I think my dad made huge blunders that um, made me like resentful towards him and had a lot of animosity towards him. Mm -hmm. But he's also recovered, right? And um, he's, he's changed over time. He's not the same man. Um, and I think one of the biggest aspects of me cherishing his leadership is when I saw humility mm -hmm. and the willingness to, um, for him to communicate and, and admit I don't have it all right. Um, so that, that's just my, my own experience. I don't know um, what you guys may think, but I, I still personally believe that um, eldership particularly is reserved for male in the church. Yeah, I think the, thing, the sort of thing that kind of has uh, really informed my thinking about this is like going through the book of Samuel and even the experience of Samuel, Saul, and David. Um, um, and then and in other places, um, and I don't want to like go like into detail there, but there was a subtle message in, the, in that book and also elsewhere in the scriptures where you see these women acting um, not with like um, these women were there, there. There have been times where women have been despised and not like really acknowledged and they have acted most clearly more than any of the guys around most clearly in, in, in God's with, with, according to God's will. Um, and I even think of just like when the, when, when, when crisis has been resurrected and he's shown himself to, to the women first and then to the disciples, almost when the women went to, uh, went to the other disciples to kind of proclaim the message, they were kind of despised and like not really acknowledged, mm -hmm. you know, they weren't believed. And what I think that we're doing um, with our systems of leadership and just like, okay, the Bible says male leadership. Yada, I think what we're doing consistently is just despising women in our midst. And like, we're just not acknowledging them. And like, I don't really like I don't at this point in my life I don't really care what the sort of system is I just I just I just don't I, I think I, and I don't want to say that because I think I think there's some complex dynamics where when you say that we are male only leadership you are effectively communicating that to other people and like that has some impacts but I don't even want to get into those sort of details I just think I I, I would like to be part of a place where women are not despised for their countless with there's just like women have as much to add uh, as much to add to the the body as men and most of the spaces that I've been in just don't do that and it's it's almost as if you're without an eye you know like you're just you're just not able to see as well or as clearly and we just are not able to acknowledge that and I think that we're not I don't think we're at all healthy I think we're just yeah I just think it's so, so what I'm trying to do, what I'm trying to endeavor in my own personal life is just like, listen to women. And I need to, and often to do that, I just need to turn off what the males have to say. I just have to like, not even listen to what the guys have to say. 
listen to what the women have to say. In my own personal journey, I'm not like advocating for anybody mm-hmm. else to do this, but I just like I've I've noticed that I've noticed that weakness in my own life, where you know I've been listening to what a number of cats, another a number of what dudes have to say, but I've been totally turned off to. I'm this other perspective, um, and I just don't want to do that anymore. I don't know if that makes sense. No, that makes sense. Do you think it's it's um, yeah? I totally understand that, and I I can see where you're coming from. Uh, do you think it's more of a posture than almost like uh, a denial of of a group of people? Because alongside women are children. Children are over, overlooked quite often, mm-hmm. right? So is it so? You somebody could accuse you of like, oh, well, now you're paying attention to women, but you don't really look at the kids. You know, um, you think you because they have nothing to say. They don't know anything. They need to be taught everything, right? So do you think it's more about an, a posture of seeing? Those that we often overlook so quickly, and it's not—it's not just children, because there's so many groups of people that are sure. overlooked: the disabled, you know, the the dad, ch- da- like part of that umbrella, mm-hmm. uh, children, women, sure. um, even race, a certain group of people. Sure. You know what I mean? So it's 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 a larger, you know, um, topic than just women. And I'm not negating what you're no, saying because I, I do think you're right. I do think, um, in that in that re- in that sense, in the sense that like. How much do we hear from our sisters, you know, in Christ um, uh, when it comes to things that ma- pertain to faith? And I, and but then I, 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 I'll ask you these. I'm going to post it out to every one of you. Of you. Um, do we is are we only able to listen to our sisters when they have eldership positions? No, of course not. And how how do we do that? You know. So that they do, they do feel heard because most people. This isn't the first time. Pete's not the first time I've heard this. A lot of people think women should have the right to be elders because they have good things to say, right? And I think I'm, I'm wondering why is it that that position of eldership is the only place by which we can, like, emphatically display that they're being heard and seen. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I think I think it's difficult to have. Uh, relationships with, with I don't know I just think it's difficult for for uh, in these days you know I'm, I don't, maybe this from my perspective maybe something I'm lacking for male and females to have good healthy relationships you know what I mean and uh, and where they um, feel comfortable being able to uh, just express their 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 views and thoughts and stuff like that and specific in like church environments I'm talking about you know, so because it's, it's like there's always this fear of, you know, um, how I don't know how how close are you getting? You know, it, mm-hmm. and there's just you know, so there's always that. Um, uh, it's and it's and it's it's difficult. I, mean, I do come from a view. I don't come from a view, but I do hold the view of um, as far as like pastors and elders being male and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But I do recognize what Peterson is saying in regards to. Um, uh, you know, just the overlooking of of people in our midst who maybe are seen as less authoritative or maybe less important or whatever it is, and w- and oftentimes women are included in that, you know, unless they have some kind of popular standing. Um, but at the same time, you know, I do think there is something to that creative order that that God has kind of like established and. Um, and and I think there I think throughout a lot there is this kind of 
I don't know. I don't. I don't think we're at. It, it should be that we're at odds with those. Those the masculine and the feminine is at odds with one another. But rather, they are. Um, the they're actually imaging God correctly when it's when it's unified. You know what I mean. Mm. Um, so, but it does take in like an acknowledgement of the differences of that role because I think that's one of the reasons why men oftentimes are uh, less emotionally connected and less empathetic because j- I think that's how we are naturally. I mean, not that's not it's not how we co- should be completely to an extreme, but yeah, I mean we're. We're supposed to be harder. We're supposed to be um, a little bit more uh, kind of like, and, and it said, may sound like sexist or whatever, but, but kind of like more purpose-driven. You know what I mean? No. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds, it sounds bad. It's no. Not, not, no offense <laughs> okay. to any women, but that's but and women have a natural gift to like. I think it's supernatural the way in which they they feel things. You know what I mean? And I th- and. They have this ability to, to understand things on an emotional level that oftentimes we we lack. So I think that is to aid um, leadership. You know what I mean? But I, I it, but not at the helm of it because because mm-hmm. not saying that all women are led by emotions. You know what right, I mean? Right. But oftentimes, no <laughs> women are emotionally led. No, you know what I mean? No. But men are men are just as emotional, and, and that's the thing. A lot men, men are just as emotional, and, and I think that that needs to be co- correctly examined because uh, what you have here is you have people who are who meet certain because I'm a male or because I desire this specific thing and I want to see this happen. Um, oftentimes, get inside positions, but really they haven't actually learned like manhood where it is uh where you're not being led by your passions i think that's why the bible even says um even puts that kind of uh emphasis like i think in titus you know paul's talking to titus and he's like yo tell the guys to be self the the young men to be self-controlled you know what i mean because and i think emotions uh when i think a lot of the problems in the world is from men who can't control their emotions? You know what I mean. And men, they get in leadership, and they and they their egos. They they to serve their egos to serve mm-hmm. their, you know what I mean. And um, I don't I don't want to say that. Uh, and it's not just you know. So so yeah. So I don't know. Push back. I please. I think I think what you're saying is so. Here's the thing. The conversation. It's just the irony of this conversation is that we have. Three women behind us listening in. <laughs> Isn't that so patriarchal of us to talk about women while they're behind us? <laughs> but um, but what I think is important when we talk about these topics is that this is why I've been interrogating what you're saying, Petey. Sure. From what I see from the scriptures, and I, I get this from uh, my pastor's wife, um, not my current pastor, but the old pastor um, church I went to. My pastor's wife said this very insightful thing, which I've always held with me. She said the matter of um, eldership or women not being able to lead the church was never because it was never rooted in ability. She said, it's not because women can't do it. It's not because women are more emotional than men. It's not because men are more self or men are more authoritative than women. Maybe you could argue for those things, but she said, that's not the point. The point is just that God said it. God said, this is how it should be. God said so. And that's why it is that he didn't say women are incapable 
of doing it. Because here's the thing: if you don't, if you don't get down to the nitty, there are things in the scriptures where God just says, "This is how it is," right? Mm-hmm. And perhaps we can, we can, you know, theorize it and philosophize it and understand why He said what He, he said what it is. But some things we'll never understand. And I think one of these things is eldership. And when you get into the specifics of why somebody can't be there, that's when you start to offend each other. Because, or you might run into a situation where you do see a woman who leads well, and you'd be like, wait, I don't trust what God said because she's an exception. She does a really good job. When it's, you miss the point. It's not about ability. It's just mere the fact that, like you said earlier, image barriers. Men have been given a specific position, and women have a specific position. They're equal before God, right? Um, And I think... That's the problem we get into when we start to reason and rationalize why somebody can do it or why somebody can't do it. I think that misses the point altogether, right? And I brought it up earlier about the scriptures about, it's almost like every man that ever led in the Bible was sinful and did a terrible job. And I I think there will be people till the day Christ returns, a lot of men who will do terrible jobs. Even the best male leader who's done it for years and has gotten better over the years, when he stands before Christ, his flaws will be so exposed that we'll be like, wow. And I think God did it intentionally. Yeah, I disagree with that. I just disagree. I just categorically disagree with... I think the thing that I disagree with primarily is is at the end of the day, no matter how we sugarcoat it, I think Mm -hmm. we're saying that there are fundamental differences between men and women. Absolutely. And that men have... are kind of on a hierarchy a little bit above women. No, I didn't say that. Yeah, you're not saying say that. that. You're, not saying, say that. you're not saying that. But at the end of the that. day, I kind of feel like when we push these arguments to the furthest, you know, furthest, you know, ends, I think, and I just don't believe, I just don't believe that there's like being part of a marriage. I'm, I'm, it's like clear to me where I'm flawed. It's clear to me where my wife is flawed. We're both flawed individuals. And by God's grace, we're helping each other make it day by day. Mm-hmm. She's not better than me. She's not greater than me. I'm not greater to her. Um, it's just kind of like, and I just, it's hard for me to see. I just think the way that we, we, the theology that we've, that we've, that we've kind of taken out from the scriptures essentially puts women in a particular perspective where they cannot be equal. I just don't think that that, it just doesn't, and I don't know, I just, I think we're, I think we're, I think no one is going to know fully, I don't even want to make this argument because I don't think it's the best argument. But I think there is some, I don't know why certain passages say certain things, but I do know that I'm, I do know that I need to trust, I need to, I need to test a tree by its fruit. And my 15 years of being in churches of male leaders has been an absolute disaster, an absolute disaster. And I'm looking at the fruit and I'm just saying, Either there's something wrong with theology or something wrong. I'm just like, and I, I can't imagine. It just doesn't make any sense to me, especially if I'm, if I'm thinking about my relationship with my wife. There's no way on the planet it makes sense for God to say, your vision, my, my vision is what should predominate over our lives. I have had some terrible ideas, absolutely terrible ideas. And if it wasn't for God's grace in Having Caitlin just straight up tell me, no, that's a bonehead idea, we would be, uh, we would be left, we would be 
you would be destitute. Like, but the Bible doesn't say that men's vision should. That's what we're saying about the about the church, about the form the formation of the church. We're saying that okay, this no, guy and this okay. random dude and his head. I don't think I'm saying that. No. I'm saying like the <laughs> no the vision the vision God hasn't left some like his church for the visions of carnal men. The vision's already been established. Well, they're 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 just functioning. In something that's already being established, they're not re-establishing. They're not getting creative with how it progresses. It's what God has already established, and they're just there as inept functionaries, being empowered by God's grace. That's how I view it. So I agree with you. I've had boneheaded, boneheaded ideas about like about what we should do with our lives, right? Sure. And and I think I think toxic masculinity within, you know. Christian circles is a man coming up with an idea for his family and not running it by his wife and not considering her views. That's not what I think any of us here think. But, I, it's, I, it's, but his idea is what wins out in the end. Not really. It's, it's his not. leadership. No, I think it's not his idea. It's not, it's I, not, it's not I his think, idea. I think, I think the idea that a man has to lead sort of says that the woman can't lead or can't offer leadership. And I just think that that's, Boneheaded. I just doesn't, that doesn't make any sense to me. It, it, it's not practical to me in my own relationship. It just, it just hasn't been. Like, so, I think we are partners. I think me and my wife are partners. And right. that means that, yo, she's going to lead sometimes and I'm going to lead sometimes. And I just don't think that I'm not capable. All of this, all of these sort of arguments that I'm making is based on a deep understanding of my own limitations. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it would be an enormous amount of pressure to say that I need to be the, the guy to do it all the time. Mm. That's, I'm not capable. I am weak. And by God's grace, the Lord has given me a, a wife that understands that I'm weak at, at times. And she's weak at times. And so we're working together. And I think the idea that we're just going to say, a, the guy is always going to lead, it puts that, it's just, it's, it's just, it's just, it's just, this doesn't make sense. It's not a partnership. I, I, I think, I think perhaps it might help to also like clearly define things like, leadership or even how it, it flushes out it's up to you guys and how that how you guys flush that out you know what i mean because sure. um you know that's that's and and will what what's helping you guys you know honor the lord in your marriage walk together in unity you know and and do what god put you to on earth to do you know how that's work. You know, look, working for you guys. I'm like, hey, I, I'm not. That's not my territory, especially me. You know what I'm saying? I've been through all kinds of stuff you wouldn't imagine. But, um, uh, yeah, I just as much as the experiences inform my perspective, I, I it's like I can't, I can't do away with just, the, just certain things. It's just like, just. Like, yo, just God, like God, this is how God says it. You know what I'm saying? Like, this how, I know it sounds real simple-minded, you know, and I know it, it's, it, that's all, you know, that's that's on me, but. Um, I think that this mirrors our conversation about, like, race in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of theologians that could have said some crazy stuff about, you know, black people are subordinate to white folk, and he would have said that this is where the scriptures. And a lot of people believe that for a long time, whatever. Uh-huh. I'm not even trying to make a case against against that because I think that's you know we we all clearly disagree with that. Yeah. But I don't want to diminish what I have seen over the last 15 years. Like I have seen it. I have been devoted in church spaces where, and I want to be very particular. I think what you said about like okay, God has set up this vision, and that the men sort of in you know, in in a, in a perfect way, sort of you know whatever, you know, 
carry out that vision or whatever. Mm-hmm. I have seen, for me, it's just been most of the time when a, when a pastor is le- leading a church, it's just a random decision that comes out of his own gut. that has nothing to do with, with what the Lord wants. I've seen it so many times. And I just think I cannot get away from experience. I cannot get away from that experience. Like I, I, I've seen it so many times. Like, so, so I know the Bible, I think we can have arguments about what the Bible says about these sort of things. Yeah, but I, I, now I do want to say, I've also seen the opposite of what you're talking about too. And I mean, it's so I've also seen, I've also seen dudes kind of be fearful of like, uh, like holding women accountable because they didn't want to seem as though they were being, um, these heavy handed patriarchal, you know, leaders. And what happened was like, uh, I've seen like churches like crumble because of, I, I know it sounds like you sound <laughs> crazy. Like, I, I sound crazy. I know. I know y'all like this show for this. No, but I'm serious. Like I've seen gossip take over. I've but seen gossip is not, does not, but it, it started, does not, it, it does not begin with women. I, I no, no, it, it doesn't. But I, but, but here's the thing. Um, there's, but it, it was done by women. You know what Wait, I mean? Okay, okay. <laughs> okay, no, no. I think so. Ryan's saying there's an extreme to the that over authoritative um, function that you've seen, where it's just heavy-handed, authoritative, and administered in very terrible ways. Ryan's saying there's an opposite of that: complete passivity. Sure, but which like, which is why we're here. Between that was a fall. Adam's absolute passivity. Yeah, I mean, I, I think you can make that argument, but I don't think that we're experiencing that sort of. Uh, event every time in a church like that's I don't think that's the sort of core struggle that we have in a church I wouldn't I wouldn't say that that's the core struggle that we have in a church like oh women going to be tempted by the devil I don't think that's the case <laughs> everyone's tempted not the by case. the case everyone's tempted but by the, the devil but women are not women are not specially tempted by the devil I just don't think that that's I've true. never made that case I, I, yeah, but no. I think we that have, we haven't made no. the case but the theology that we are sort of building out is essentially saying men need to be leaders because women have this sort of Particular uh, failing that makes them more susceptible to being tempted. Okay, you said something. Men can be leaders. So, Peterson, you said something really profound, which I can really resonate with. You said, with regards to, le- uh, to leadership, he said, I'm so aware of my own weakness that it's way too great of a responsibility to say that I have to make every decision and it affects ev- my wife and everybody else who's under me. I agree with that. What if you substituted the word leadership with, with responsibility? So it's not so much that everything has to come through you. All the best ideas have to come through, but you just take the responsibility. The responsibility often um, um, ultimately falls on you. And that's what God means by leadership. That's not to exclude the fact that your wife doesn't have good ideas, that she might not actually be the one who spearheads something that benefits you tremendously, but that you just take the responsibility of, of for uh, like whatever is needed to get that thing done, right? So... I hate to bring Piper into this, but he uses a really good he, he uses a really good example on this. He says, "Your wife may be stronger than you physically. She may be stronger. She and it, it's not because she's she's a butcher or anything, but that she maybe she took um, kickboxing classes and she knows how to fight, right? Sure. And you may be you may be a wimp, but if somebody comes to your door, yeah. right, and they're trying to break in, even though you know your wife is better at handling that, right, and she probably would be, you go first and get beat up, and then let her come in and save the day." It's about the responsibility of taking, like, it's, it's, it's a sacrificial thing we're called to, right? What does Paul tell us in Ephesians? Men, lay down your life for your wives. Yeah. Right? I think it's a sacrificial thing. And that sacrifice 
it, it insinuates responsibility. I agree. That's essentially that. I, what it is. Yeah, I can I can agree with that to a certain extent. I think. Um, yeah, I think. I've been talking about. Go ahead, Jeff. I think it's coming down to the question of, like, do we believe that God's plans are good? Right. I I keep thinking of Jonah, right. And so, if God's design, like, if His design says, this is how it is, right? Do we like? question what he says is good or do we try to somehow circumvent like like what he says is good you know what i'm saying so that's i think ultimately that's that's the issue i i feel like the issue is do i think that what god has designed is right or do I think I have a better way of how God designed it, right? Because when I'm looking at, when we look at Ephesians, right? Ephesians 5, it says, Wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord, because the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church. He is the savior of the body, right? And so if we just talk about a marriage, like it's clear the husband is to be the one that leads that. It doesn't say leadership. So if it does, so what is Christ? Is Christ the head of the church? I don't know, but it didn't say leadership. It says Christ is the head <laughs> of the church. Yeah, if Christ is the head, what does that mean? Because the husband is the head of the wife as just, Christ. It correlates that. the two. I think we can have arguments about that whole passage, not just that particular section, because it does say that you're supposed to submit to one another in that passage. So I just want to be clear about that. Like We can have, we can have a discussion about that. I don't think that... It's just, I'm just saying, there is the text that we have, we can have, we can build out a theology over that, or we can also look at our own life's experience, experiences. It's like, it's almost as if we, I'm, I'm just, I'm just, it's almost as if we just want to just not deal with the experience that we are in. Like, as it relates, as it relates to race in the church, as it relates to um, patriarchy in the church, I think we need to look at our experience and try to use that to gain some wisdom from that, I think. I don't want to just be like, oh, this is what the Bible says. I think that's not as, that's not, uh, I, I think this is not as helpful. Where do we sense. look? Where do we look? We look to, I'm telling you, I've I've done this for 15 years. No, <laughs> so this is my question. If the Bible's not helpful, where do we look? I'm is, talking about my own experience. No, I'm asking you. So are you saying the Bible's not helpful? That's what I'm asking. So is our experience, can our experience be elevated over what the Bible has said? Okay, let's, okay. That's the, and, and then the, the term so, patriarchal, so, right? Like literally the Bible commends that to us, the patriarchs. The Bible from, commands from, a lot of stuff. In no, no, through whom our faith, okay, our faith is rooted in three patriarchs. Bro, I wish Abraham, can, listen, Isaac, and Jacob. We need to sit down, we need to sit down and have a conversation and go through First Samuel. I'm telling you, when we go through that text and we see how the primary way that the Lord moved was through the acts of women, not through David Let's do or it. Saul. Let's do it. it. Was, in fact, we did the study with a group of friends, and Saul was bad, yeah. David was just as bad. He's just, a, just as bad. The only redeemable people in, those, in that story were the women. But they're not talked about. Only? Why? 
the primary the primary people who were who look were, I would love to study the Bible with you I'll study the Bible with okay you, in that passage that passage also says that slaves should obey their masters yeah but so the, no hold on brother, I was in I was only so in this. my brother we can go by what the text says hold on I text says something but it don't mean that today contextual <laughs> Cont- let's let's so, let's so you're right, PB. You're okay. opening up a can of worms. You're right. Opening okay. up some worms. We but, need to be but more it also says in verse 28, in the same way husbands are to love their wives sure. as Christ loved the church. Sure. Okay. And gave himself off. Yeah. Off so we, so what I'm trying to say is there is a there is an order that God has given, right? It's, it includes slaves obeying the masters, according to the Bible. In that right? context, hold up. In that you context, you can't take Deuteronomy. That hold up, hold up. If, if we want, hold up. If we want to go to the Bible and Deuteronomy, yeah. you had to free slaves. You couldn't keep them perpetually. You couldn't. But but here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. You cannot. And this is where I think we're getting off. 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 You cannot apply American slavery to um, first century slavery. You cannot. It's yeah. not the same. Sure. Sure. But what I'm saying is, and I think is, we wrongfully we do that when 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 we go to the scriptures. Yeah. Looking at our context of history and say that's exactly how slavery was. Yeah, no, no. I, I totally agree with that. I'm just saying that these passages have been used by men. Oh, okay. in the past. We, we agree with you that it's yeah, wrong. I agree yeah, with you. We agree with you that I it's agree wrong. With you there. So, but, so we need to be more circumspect because I'm not just going to look at the passage and say this is what it says and that's it. I'm going to say what does this mean and what does it mean for my context? And it may mean that you know in, in other societies past that. You know, there was this rigid hierarchy, yada, 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 you know. I, that's not for me today. It's just not for me today. Me and my wife were partners in this thing, you know. I go up and, I, and I'm, I'm physically stronger. I will physically do, I would do physically stronger tasks. I would do those things. And if a dude tries to come up against me and my wife, I might put my, I'll put myself in front of her. Like that's, I'm, I'm, part of that, I'm, I'm happy to do that because I've been socialized to do that. Like I, I get you with that. Socialized? So you don't do that out of love and protection. I do it You've out of socialized love. to do that. No, I'm saying what I'm saying you, is you, you you demean the act by saying you've just been socialized to do it. It we, means that you're we like we are social beings. We have been taught. I'm not saying it's yes. a bad thing. That doesn't demean it. Okay, I'm but saying, it, it it does kind of when you say I'm just been socialized to do this. Then it, it takes away from the fact that you have a desire to protect and love her. I have a desire to protect everyone. Like I have a desire to. But do you have not a, more so you have to your wife. Yeah, yeah, you have a particular one. You can't just say that in a blanket statement. You can't though. Okay. Okay. I think the term, like when you when someone says, "I've been socialized to do this," I get it. We ha- all of us have been, sure. in a sense. But at the same time, when you say that, it's almost like a flippant thing to say that I just do this automatically because I'm socialized. No, we have reason for most of the things we do. You can be socialized to do something and still not do it. Do you see what I'm saying? That's true. I, I listen. I was not trying to throw that out there just as a as a whatchamacallit, like it's to demean it. Right. I endeavor to do it. I like that's my. There are ways in which I can, you know, lead, uh, I don't even say lead. There are ways in which I can, <laughs> like, go in front of my wife and protect. Like, I, I'm happy to do that. Like, that's not like, you know, that's, I am, yeah, so I agree with you about the sentiment and the, and the way you feel about it and the way that, like, from my inner being, like, I really want to do those sort of things. Like, I'm not trying to demean that at all. So we can <laughs> forget that I said that. <laughs> but I think we are social beings, right? Like, I think I don't also want to, like, anyways... And I want to say this: Can we disagree? Like, oh, absolutely. It, okay. No, we're, we're not here. We're not here trying to per- persuade Peterson to think sure, differently. Yeah. Okay. We're just talking yeah. through it, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm just saying though, but like, I don't want to. Compl- I'm not. I'm not. I'm not complaining about churches right now. Like, churches are whack. Like, a lot of churches are whack. I'm just like in a place where it's just like, 
I'm not doing that anymore. Like I'm not doing, I just, I just want to say clearly that what we've been doing, what we've experienced for the last 10, 15 years for me, it's just wrong. It's just bad. It's just like, it doesn't make sense anymore. And so that's where I'm at. Like as we come together in this conversation, it just doesn't make any sense. Like it just doesn't, one plus one doesn't equal two to me. It just, I, I, there was a time when I would have said that, like, yes, you know, men should be leaders and, you know, yada, yada. I could have recited the same things to you, but right. it just doesn't make sense to me. And I'm at a place where it just, I'm at a place in my life where I'm comfortable with it not making any sense. What if, um, and thanks for saying that, but what if you met somebody who had a different experience than you, looks like you, black, been in different contexts. Had a different experience? Yeah, like they, they, they said, you know what? I've been in a church where the pastor wasn't perfect, but I thought he he led well. I thought he took responsibility for things that I like to shake he, their hand because I know, haven't met a lot no, of I'm just, no, the reason why I'm not saying I'm I not mean, saying that just to contradict your um I'm not saying that just to contradict your position. I'm just saying can two narratives be true? Right? Can two narratives be true? And then if they're both true, where do we go with what determined what was true? You see what I'm saying? Because you have to have something that points to, okay, this is what determines that your experience is true and that person's experience is true or not true. You see what I'm saying? Because somebody can have can be the opposite and sit on the opposite table and be like, yeah, you know what? I understand parts of what you're saying. I agree that, you know, maybe sure. um, I've seen these things, but I can't say that all my experience has been negative. I think I've had good pastors who were humble enough to lead, uh, um, pastors who were conscious of, like, inequities within sure. society, um, pastors who were who spoke out against racism, who sure. did all these things, and I'm not, I don't have that negative experience. Like, so then, where do we go to get our authority? And I think at the end of the day, we this is what we're trying to get at. Like, can the Bible determine how we think about things, whether or not our experiences align with it or not? Because there's a lot of things that we can look at the Bible and be like, yeah, my experience doesn't actually align with that. But it, it's it's what... The, God's truth is commending to us. Yeah, I think my problem is that we've been listening to one interpretation of the text from a set of guys who want to protect power and keep it to themselves, and I just don't trust their interpretation anymore. That's all I'm saying. I think I want to believe the same Bible as you, but I just also want to be incredibly aware of a lot of selfish dudes who just want power, um, and they will preach things to protect that power. And I just want to acknowledge that. <laughs> so, I'm trying to say, so it's possible to have two competing narratives. Although I will say that I would, I would say that my experience of like as a black Christian in America, that the predominant experience is that the American church has been oppressive and harmful to black folk. And I, I, it's hard for me to see another narrative mm. other than that. So, okay, I feel like I'm talking to you. No, no, that's fair. That's fair. I mean, I'd agree to American church has been oppressive. It, no, yeah, we don't yeah, disagree with don't that. Disagree we with we that. don't disagree with that. I think we can see that. Um, but I think we're, as much as, like, Christians can see despair, we also see hope. Yeah. And that's one of the parts of a Christian heart is that it hopes all things, right? Believes all things. Mm -hmm. So even if the situation looks dire, we can hope that something can come, come ar can arise sure. out of it, right? Sure, sure. And yeah. that's what makes us, I mean, it's it's, if we weren't Christians... I, there would be no reason to hope that things could change or things could get better, right? There would yeah, be no reason, right? So, uh, and I mean, um, yeah, even what's what's that one guy, Colonel Colonel West, Colonel who says West. he's 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 a prisoner of hope, yeah. right? And uh, I think that's very that's very uh, accurate of what how Christians should operate, um, whether um, things don't look the the way we want it to look, right? 
Um, yeah. I don't know any any parting words. We've 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 wrapped up. <laughs> we've kind kind of gone in here. Yeah. Um, Sorry for being so controversial. No, no, it's fine. It made for the conversation. I think hope is a fitting um, place to end this um, because we know the end of the story. Ultimately, God is going to be with his people and in heaven there will be no more crying, no more mourning, no more pain, no more tears. Why? Because the former things have passed away and God will make all things new. And John closes that. Jesus says, I am coming soon. And John cries out, Amen. Come, Lord, come. And that's that's what we look for. That's what we long for. We long for the day when God is going to make all things new. And there will the the pains and the struggles that we experience will be such a faint memory because we're going to experience the newness of God's creation mm-hmm. where he writes all wrongs and it won't exist. Heaven is, is where we're going. He's also going to lift that curse too from the beginning, you know, um, yeah. your desire to be for your husband. He'll rule over you. He's going to, that, you know, the curse is going to be lifted too. So we'll be able to be brother and sister, man. And, love you know mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. yeah so yeah i think that curse also is i think it's also lifted through the gospel amen right mm-hmm. so like i think the gospel cancels a lot of curses and mm-hmm. we should also remember that mm-hmm. um and you're right like like you put it so beautifully jeff like it's this is what and i promise you there will be people in heaven that you you don't like <laughs> But you won't care because you're there together. Because <laughs> the lamb has wiped both of your sins away. You know? And it would yeah. be such a sure. faint thing. We won't be arguing about gender roles and how God did it or how he didn't do it. But he's going to be king. He's going to be king over us, right? And that's ultimately what it is, right? Like, that we're looking forward to. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Thanks, guys. Ryan, Jeff, P. Thank you. Thanks for making this Thanks. a spicy one. <laughs> Appreciate it. Talk soon. <laughs>